as artificial intelligence continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation that we can't ignore, AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. With over 750 specialized hackers in their community, HackerOne isn't just theorizing. They're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large organization, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI dash safety dash security. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI dash safety dash security. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This episode is supported by Trustonomy, an original podcast from OneTrust. Every good relationship you have, personal or business, it involves trust. But we all know that trust doesn't just happen, right? We've all lost trust in a friend or a brand or a product. Trustonomy is a new podcast that looks at true stories from the past to understand how trust works and what makes it stronger and how to rebuild it when it's broken. Now, you know, I'm a sucker for a good podcast that weaves historical stories and relates it to what's happening today. So I thoroughly enjoyed this Trustonomy episode and recommend that you check that out as well. Search for Trustonomy in your podcast player. We'll also include a link in the show notes. Many thanks to the OneTrust team for their support. Welcome to the Rocket Ship Podcast. I'm Joelle Steiniger. I'm Michael Sacco. And I'm Matt Goldman. Today we talked with Stefan Martinovich, the founder of Create.io, an awesome tool for real estate developers to help analyze cities that they're working in. What do you guys think of this one? Well, I actually met these guys in Vegas um, when they were traveling, and they haven't even launched yet, but this was the third city that they had been to on a sales tour. And so they were out in the field making sales already, and I was so impressed with them, I had to ask them to come on to the podcast. Yeah, something that I found really interesting about them is that they're using data. They're taking a process that used to take probably weeks or months and tens of thousands of dollars and they're building software off of government data to speed that up and make it a much cheaper way to do things and what it does is it really unlocks these hidden pockets of opportunity throughout a city 
And what's what's really interesting is that I think as we get further and further, government's going to keep unlocking more of this data that's going to make a lot of other ideas like this possible. Yeah, absolutely. Let's get into the episode. We'd like to take a moment to thank our awesome sponsors. CodeShip makes continuous delivery simple and easy. Go to CodeShip.com slash RocketShip to get 20% off three months. We'd also like to thank Envision app. Envision is by far the best prototyping and collaboration tool on the market. I can personally say I can't imagine delivering another design comp without it. Go to envisionapp.com forward slash rocketship and sign up to get their starter plan free for 90 days. Customer.io is a modern email platform built for startups. Go to customer.io slash rocketship to start sending emails that convert. All right. So tell me a bit about create.io. Sure. So Create is a company that Ed and I initially conceived of three years ago. And my background is in real estate development. So apparently not a lot of people know exactly what that is, but it's basically the process of either taking an existing building or a vacant lot and turning it into a place. So a could be a house, could be a hotel, an office building, an amusement park, shopping mall, you name it. And so it, you know, the the real estate developer really is kind of the guy who is the conductor of the orchestra, so to speak. And there's actually, you know, it's actually a better example is, is um, producer of a movie, kind of the guy that puts all the pieces together and, and, you know, directs everything and makes it all happen. And he deals so, a lot with the pricing, right? Exactly. So they're kind of driving and, you know, reaping the benefits of all the economics of the deal. And Ed's a city planner. And so he, you know, worked kind of more on a macro level to figure out, you know, from the public sector side, you know, where should new buildings go? So there's a lot of overlap there. And interesting that, you know, him and I have known each other for over 15 years now, and we were roommates in D.C., and, you know, we've, we know, we've known each other since uh, the ninth grade, and it just so happens that this is the line of work that each of us ended up in. You know, typically, in order for me to do my job as a developer or an analyst for a development company, I would have to go and, you know, we'd be walking around in neighborhoods or getting in the car and, and driving around all these different places I'm trying to just find properties that were that looked undervalued relative to everything else that was going on in the market. So it could be a vacant lot or, you know, in, so in, in the case of a lot of cities like San Francisco, it's like an old gas station that's in the middle of a hot, you know, up and coming area or an old rundown building that could use, you know, some renovation and turn it into some nice condos or stuff like that. And so we would go and, you know, kind of survey the area and then write down a bunch of addresses and locations and then basically have to go through the city government records as far as to find out who owns it, how big is the lot, or, you know, and what's the deal with kind of what's there currently. And we would have to go to a whole bunch of these different websites in order to do it. And it's different from for every single city. And so Las Vegas or San Francisco or Washington, D.C. all have kind of an internal database that they maintain of of all this information. Um, And then I would take that and say, all right, well, that's what's there. And, you know, then I would go and I would find out, you know, what it is 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 possible and what's the real the real potential for a property in that market by looking at what properties have sold and how much they're going for and how much rent is in the area, uh, stuff like that. And I would do things like piece together you know, the cost of construction to take, you know, the current building and make it, you know, bring it up to par with the rest of, uh, you know, basically make it realize its maximum potential. And that takes an incredible amount of time for each individual property. And, you know, it could take, if we decided that we wanted to look at, you know, what it looks like for a hotel on a certain piece of land, 
you know, it could take me two weeks in order to get a handle on whether or not we should continue to do this, look at it further or go forward with a, with a purchase of a property. And, you know, just like you said, it's less about for us, like trying to predict what the purchase price of the property will be. But, you know, through our analysis, we actually kind of set the market as far as what those properties are worth based on what, what we call in the, in the business the highest and best use of that property. So really what generates the most economic value you know, upon completion. So tell me a bit about some of those calculations that you guys are doing. Because as I understand, this is something that they would typically pay like $10,000 to have done for like a single project. And then yeah. you guys are doing this in under 30 seconds. It's, uh, it's interesting because there's a lot of different reports really that get generated in order to kind of form a complete picture. So it's the kind of stuff where, you know, I was out with one of my colleagues and his wife last night and they were asking me some questions about a property that they're looking at buying. And they're like, well, we don't even know where to start as far as figuring out what kind of renovations we would need and this and that. So we're producing things like a construction budget, a schedule in order to deliver that completed property, and then a pro forma, which is basically a statement of income and expenses that allows you to figure out, you know, how much money am I actually going to pocket, you know, when this thing is, is done. And then we would have to come up with a plan to finance it. And those are really all the things that like we would do internally as a development company. Uh, and it was formulaic. It's the same thing over and over again. And, you know, if you're, it, it's, it's honestly, it's the exact same process to plan for the construction of your kitchen if you wanted to renovate it. So how much do the countertops and the cabinets and all that stuff cost? So the math behind it isn't all that difficult. It's just there's so many moving pieces that it's really difficult to get a handle on. And then, you know, kind of like you mentioned, we actually have to lean on lots of other third parties in order to get, you know, some other reports and data points that we need. And so for uh, the economic impact of of a property, you know, so if I was going to build an office building, how many jobs would that create and how many construction workers would be on site? Uh, how much money do those folks make and what kind of impact does that have to the city as far as contributing to the tax base? So that's the kind of stuff that we would have to always go out and hire consultants. And, you know, it could cost, you know, upwards of $10,000 for to get one of those reports. Uh, and it takes, you know, basically, if you if you get someone to come in and do it from the outside, it takes a few weeks. But you know, having done those reports myself, I know that like a trained person can do it in an hour as long as they know what they're what they're looking for. But we've automated a lot of that math, which, to be honest with you, is just it's a lot of multiplication and division and adding and subtracting, uh, and just put it in a set of tools that pipe the data in directly that make it accessible to anyone to do. And so that's exactly kind of what the system that we've developed uh, is, and that's what it does. So the software system is called Create, just like the English word create. And it, it started out as a, as a really horrible acronym for Comprehensive Real Estate Analysis Toolkit. And the E actually, I, I was convinced that we needed to add the E on the end, and the E stands for Ed now. So if anyone <laughs> and Ed. <laughs> we've, we've completed the work with one of our own founders. And so what the system does is it's built on a 3D mapping system. So we can look at an entire city. And for every building in that city, just like Google Earth, uh, we have a 3D model of that property of the outside of it. And there are ways which you know people can upload the interiors of the properties and stuff like that. But for every property, you know, it's not just like looking at a pretty picture on a map. It's actually loaded with all kinds of really valuable data. So 
all those kinds of pieces of information which I mentioned that we would use in order to kind of, kind of formulate the the picture of this property. You know, so figuring out who owns it, how big the building is, you know, what is the, what is the that lot zoned for? So what could you potentially build on that site? And it does all the things like really paint a picture as far as what the market is and who the buyers in that market are. So you know, what kind of people live in that market? You know, how much money do they make? What do they do for a living? How do they get to work? And these are the kinds of questions that us as professional developers have to answer in order to figure out like how many parking spaces we need and how nice do the kitchens need to be. So if I'm in a really high income area, I want to do things like provide stainless steel appliances and things like that, which is, you know, which is expected in that market. But if you were in a lower income market, you know, we would want to save on the cost of construction because we wouldn't be able to get as much money for a completed building. So it helps us to really guide those kinds of choices. And what's interesting is that not only can we run this analysis for existing properties, but, you know, the kind of work that I used to do is I would have to find out and ask the question, how much building can we get on a site if a building doesn't already exist there? So it allows us to scan across the entire city and pinpoint specific properties that match certain criteria. So you can do a search or a filter just like Google so that if I'm looking for old office buildings, which I could turn into condos, uh, I could, and I want to build at least, you know, between 50 and 100 units. This would allow me to instantly pinpoint uh, across the whole city, you know, exactly which of those properties match the criteria and then run all of the economics, you know, instantaneously. So it's a really, really powerful tool. But fortunately for us, with a lot of really cool emerging 3D technologies, uh, we found ways to continue to make it really engaging with a beautiful interface that, you know, give people, you know, that real visceral reaction of what a property looks and feels like without even really being there. So it's... It's pretty neat. Absolutely. And it should be noted that you guys are not developers. Where did you find your initial team to do this? Yeah, that's a great question. So we always have to specify in, yeah. in our company between real estate developers and, and software developers and you know real architects and, and data architects. Uh, we we run into this all the time. So, you know, really we, we're kind of, you know, a patchwork team that we put together over a you know, long period of time. So, you know, we met our CTO and head engineer on LinkedIn and we found her and, you know, met her for a beer one night. And we basically, you know, me being a product of, of business school, the first thing we did when we had this idea is we ran out and wrote a 60 page business plan that of course nobody wanted to read, but at least, and you know, we had some, you know, interactions with folks that have had some experience in the space and, they were to say let's just say that they were very uh, encouraged by what we were doing and wanted to you know buy it from us at that point. But you know we wanted to make this something that was our own, and so you know we turned them down, and you know but we knew we had something really valuable, so we were able to kind of illustrate our vision to a variety of people in a few different ways. So. You know, basically, we were initially we were desperate to find people who knew you know what they were doing on the technology side that we could learn from and that could really help us execute this stuff. And so we brought in one team member who you know as an initial partner to kind of help to build up and lead a software team. And then, but this is a, a big project that's ambitious and it requires a you know basically it takes a village. And um, you know, we met folks in coffee shops you know who overheard what we were doing or you know, saw us using the system as we were building it and met people at hackathons. And it really kind of just evolved over time, you know, everything from just kind of chance encounters to, you know, going out of our way to seek people out at, you know, co-founders networking events and things like that. 
because you know we needed people who had geographic information systems or mapping technology expertise, and you know that we needed a graphic designer and we needed a you know user interface developer and a backend developer, and so you know we built up an internal team and you know basically spent our nights and weekends doing this, and everyone was really moonlighting. And some of these folks have been doing it for you know the better part of a year now, uh, up to the point where you know where we are now, where we have full time staff and. You know, we did get some help from some software development companies that, you know, are third-party consultants that saw what we were doing and knew that all we really needed was, you know, some labor and some legwork to kind of get us over the hump. And so they came in kind of as investors and contributed some time that they had as, as an investment in the company. And it's materialized to the point where it is now where we've, we've raised capital, but we, we basically got the, the core of the system on its legs, you know, and we've done it, you know, completely on our own. So it's kind of a really gratifying feeling to be able to do it. That's really interesting. I, um, as you're talking, I'm thinking, you know, we come from a place where we're selling to people online, like Hookfeed, our product is designed for people selling their products online. So we know that they can sign up, self-serve and get going on their own. But as you're talking, I'm picturing like my dad, for instance, who is a real estate developer, um, commercial real estate, and how someone like him or even people, you know, 20 years younger than him that who wouldn't even know what SaaS means, how you go about selling to them and, and even address some of the objections they might have in terms of whether or not your data is correct since they're used to this like, you know, many months long process. Can you tell us a little bit about that? I know you've been doing a bit of traveling and face to face, but I'm curious what that what that looks like for you. Sure. So yeah, it's it's a really interesting situation as far as that's concerned. So on the on the first piece, the the data is a very it's a challenging animal. And we, you know, we rely, you know, it's important to note that we're not a creator of content. We're rather an aggregator of existing data sources. There's a challenge that, you know, and a question that we ask quite a bit is that, you know, how do I know this is this is quality data? Well, I mean, there's there's plenty of situations where it may be out of date, but you know, that's because the city government isn't doing their job and doesn't update the database. But, you know, in a situation like that, nobody knows. And, you know, that's just kind of an unfortunate reality of the state of the real estate world and kind of municipal government record keeping, so to speak. Um, but we, you know, work and we've interviewed and partnered with many of the top of market data providers that, you know, these uh, real estate folks would otherwise go out and pay subscription fees to on their own. And we've been able to negotiate deals where we've been able to break the data down in a much more granular way and just focus on specific cities to bring them online one by one. And, you know, it's definitely been challenging to kind of get people to see the light, particularly when, you know, you've got folks like your father and, you know, a lot of other people in the industry that really are just not particularly tech savvy. And, you know, you're lucky half the time if they check their email. You know, I think that the, the mantra is that you have to build something at least, you know, complete order of magnitude or 10 times better than what's out there currently. And it just so happens that, you know, the real estate space in the industry is just a complete laggard. and We're about probably 20 years behind where we should be. So not to say that it's easy to build something in a whole order of magnitude better, but you know, a lot of the tools that we're kind of up against are really manual processes where you've got a, you know, an analyst with an MBA making a hundred thousand bucks a year, cranking away at a spreadsheet and having to know what he's doing and what to look for in order to even accomplish that. So I think that, you know, by showing people the value that technology can add to this process uh, and showing that, you know, how we're really, we're not trying to be a database company or something like that. We're trying to, you know, digitize this really archaic process you know, we've gotten nothing but positive responses from people all across the industry and have really 
gotten just a ton of interest, you know, particularly from areas that we didn't even necessarily initially anticipate. So architects and engineers really are interested in the 3D rendering piece of it. Um, but the original core of the system and, you know, where how, what we wrote the patent application to was how to pull data in to process the economics. And, you know, we've been the beneficiaries of a lot of new open, gov- uh, open data policies uh, from the government, as well as just really the maturation of a lot of these emerging technologies that because we've been at this so long, we've been tracking for quite some time and we can, you know, hop on the bleeding edge and really push the envelope of what some of the capabilities of those things are. So when it all comes together in a consolidated package, it's, it's just, it's too compelling. We have to make too compelling of a case for people to say, no, I don't want to use this. That's, <laughs> that's kind of what, what my so do you find that it takes like a face-to-face conversation with you explaining all these benefits to really get a lot of the people in the industry to understand and to make a sale is that why you've been doing all the trips around the country partially uh you know so the thing is is that we're you know we concentrate in specific geographies so our first city that we bring online is dc and we actually just got back uh, from a trip i guess tuesday night where we were, we were in Detroit for a couple of days. And so Detroit is actually going to be the second city that we bring online for a variety of very fascinating reasons. And, you know, we, we are able to, I, I think the importance of the face-to-face meetings is twofold. First and foremost, it's one of those things where this is so radically different from the way that people are doing this now and, you know, what's currently available that they almost have to see it to believe it. And really we've learned that a picture is worth a thousand words. So rather than trying to take a small bite, you know, we've been really ambitious with this. And so when people can kind of finally get on there and play around with it and I walk them through it, they say, yes, this makes total sense. I don't know how I've lived without this before. And that's exactly the reaction we want them to have. And, you know, what's interesting about a lot of the travel that we've done and, you know, a lot of the meetings that we have, I mean, real estate is very much still a face-to-face business and, you know, it's based on the premise, the, the concept of physical space. And so I've been really adamant about going and seeing some of these places that we're going to bring online. And we have to get buy-in from a, a wide variety of different people in order to really make this possible. So when we were in Detroit, for instance, it's a bit of a unique case, but it's, it's really a great example of why we've got to be boots on the ground. So people might be able to read an article about us or have me send them an email or something, but once they see the, the the product live, you know they want it in their city. So the meetings that we we had in Detroit were with about a I want to say a half dozen really key groups. And so we started out at the mayor's office and you know showed them what you know what benefit we could provide to the private se- uh, to the public sector and how you know tools like ours can really help to drive economic growth. You know there's a huge initiative undertaken by some of the other groups that we met with to go out and collect a lot of this data with boots on the ground. And so what's, what's fascinating is that in most cases, you've got a city like New York or San Francisco, which is very well organized, it's tech savvy, they have a good budget, and they go out of their way to make this data available because information on building and buildings and properties and people you know, helps to encourage investment and brings new buildings online and you know, otherwise is a general boon to the economy. So it's a good investment for them to make. And you've got a city like Detroit where the city, you know, is bankrupt or they're coming out of bankruptcy, I should say. You know, it's really, really critical that, you know, they find ways to manage the land that they have and encourage people to come in and build new homes and renovate existing properties and to occupy a lot of the buildings that are vacant. So 
you know, they need people to come in and create jobs and to be residents of the city, which is one piece. But then they also need places for those people to live and work once they arrive in Detroit. And so it's a chicken and the egg situation, but you know, we can help out on one piece of that. So as the city recovers and comes out of this bankruptcy and is in recovery mode, that you know, we're able to allow people to bring buildings and properties online in such a more efficient way. But because of the financial condition of the city, this challenge of cataloging all these properties and doing all this stuff is all being taken on by nonprofits and people in the private sector that, you know, have a general interest in seeing Detroit recover. So it's unique in that, unlike some of these other well-moneyed cities, even though they're broke, they've actually got better property data and more current data than most other cities in the United States. And, you know, it's it's also an environment where, you know, they really, really need tools like ours and they're open to innovation so that we can come in and work to insert ourselves into that process in order to, you know, make more of an impact. And it's also, you know, it's great that it's a good business decision. Getting in front of these folks, you know, like we've done in cities like Las Vegas, et cetera, has been really good because one thing that we've definitely realized through our travels is that, People in the real estate space are skeptical about technology and people that are starting real estate technology companies almost always have direct hands-on experience working on this stuff you know, for probably years at a time in order to really develop the unique knowledge of how this process works. And so for Ed and myself, that's been really valuable for people to get to know us personally, to know that like, look, we've been in your shoes, we felt your pain, and we just basically couldn't take it anymore. And we, we came up with the solution and we want you to help us make it better. And so you know, I think people have really appreciated that and it's just been, you know, it's one thing to run a technology company with a remote team or things like that. But, you know, everything in real estate is done, you know, with a shake of the hand and a contract. And so, you know, we we want to make sure that we continue to respect the process and the, and the human element that goes into a lot of this stuff. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on. And where can we keep up with you online? Sure. Um, you can check out our site, create.io. IO for Indian Ocean. <laughs> if you're, uh, if, yeah, the create.com was a bit on the pricey side, but um, yeah, create.io is our is our site. We we do not have the application up there just yet. We've, we're keeping that pretty close to the vest for the time being. But if you're interested, you know, there's a way for to to find out more information on us and also to reach out and to you know request you know an invite to our system. And if you're in the business or are otherwise just generally interested, we can get you set up you know, over the next couple months here as we roll this out uh, to the general public. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Rocketship Podcast. If you enjoyed it, we have tons of other awesome episodes on our website. Check them out, rocketship.fm. And while you're there, make sure you sign up for our newsletter, where twice monthly we send out actionable advice for entrepreneurs and exclusive links to AMAs with our guests. That's rocketship.fm. Sign up today. I pray you stay with me.